What was the name of the puck on hockey? Wasn't it Hockey Night in Canada? Was it Peter the Puck? Yeah, I seem to recall Peter the Puck. Was it Peter the Puck? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what ever happened to Peter. Yeah. And you think he came on hard times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Had an affair with one of the one of the Olympic mascots. It was, very, it was a very scandal. Remember that? Yeah, I heard he got. I think it was squanchy. Was it squanchy that? <laughs> squanchy. Squatchy. 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 Well, how was that? Wasn't it the big Sasquatch? Yeah, what Squatchy. Was yeah. Squatchy was that his name? Yeah. Who the f- came up with that? Vanock. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> that was the. That had to have been the worst. Squatchy, squatchy. itchy and scratchy or something. <laughs> Oh, better get out of here while we're ahead. Anyways, we just stepped all over that intro. <laughs> and I think you should keep it. Not, not my problem. You got to edit. <laughs> this is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Uh, hey, and welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. Frickin' Monday banter banter. I am Rob Minot, today joined by Ryan Flurry. Hey. And Steve Barkley. A rather damp Steve Barkley. <laughs> yeah, I guess let's just start talking about how our day's going so far. Yeah, I'll start with you guys. Uh, yeah, right. You want to, you, I, you tell the story, Steve. <sighs> All right, well. So, uh, went off, did a service call this morning, drove back to pick Rob up for the podcast. We usually get coffee. So I hopped out of the Jeep, closed the door and then thought, Hey, do I have my keys? Nope. They were hanging from the ignition and I'd locked the door. So fortunately where we were was at the mall, though it's only uh, about a 15, 20 minute walk from, from my place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So we meandered back that way, saw a deer, which was interesting. Nice. And uh, it was freaking pouring. Yeah, that's the important part of the story <laughs> to, re- to remember for the people in the audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pouring, like pouring, Vancouver pouring the entire way. Yeah, got home, got my daughter to let me in, got the spare Jeep key, went back to the Jeep, got ourselves unlocked. So wait, so that's 20 minutes there and then 20 minutes back. In the pouring rain. In the pouring rain. Every moment <laughs> yeah. of that walk. No umbrellas. No umbrellas and no let up. Like it wasn't like, oh, it's raining hard and then it sort of lets up a little bit. No, it just poured, poured, poured the entire time. So then we get here and our uh, first uh, podcast we were going to record, we we're doing two today or we were doing two today. Uh, first one got canceled. So what did we do? We walked to McDonald's. In the rain. <laughs> and it poured. <laughs> poured. Poured. My McDonald's bag got really wet. Yep. yep. It almost broke. He gets. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's our story. So we're a little, I'm soaked. Like, I, I, I've, 
honestly, I shouldn't be wearing pants right now. My <laughs> pants are soaked. I, I actually considered taking keep, them off. Keep the pants but, on. Yeah. yeah. But You're sitting on my couch. I didn't want to do that to you guys. <laughs> Uh, so we're wet, we're cranky, it's Monday, but hey. The show we, must go on. We be, the, we'd better have a good topic today. No, we don't. Yeah, we, what do you, what do you mean? yeah, we don't. <laughs> Ryan. This, this was Steve's guest, so this is all Steve. Okay. Oh, was this your idea? So, so we have an awesome guest. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, really, was this your, your idea? Well, yeah. Oh, yep. wow. Yep. I didn't realize you were contributing. <laughs> oh, there's a slam. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Guess you're walking home in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time today. That's it. I'm taking my jingle sticks <laughs> No. <back. laughs> Can't have the jingle sticks no more. Uh, no, right on no, listen, listen. Uh, <laughs> you just lobbing them, didn't no, you? No, I'm just, <laughs> just taking, taking a book. Or a page. It's me that's lobs and lobbing them. I'm just taking a page out of Trump's playbook and no, no, that's lobbing, not. lobbing insults. That tangent. Yeah, that's true. That's a whole another thing. Um, no, okay, well, uh, we tell people what we're doing today then, uh, somebody. So, yeah, this week we have got Mark Benz coming on. Mark is with uh, Blind Hockey Canada, and he is going to tell us all about playing blind hockey, how you can get involved in blind hockey, how many people are out there playing blind hockey, and we'll probably talk about pucks. All right, well, boys, take it away. So, Mark. Yes. Hockey. And a great thing it is. In it just. <laughs> and, and here we are. Here we are in the playoffs too. Which, which teams you uh, picked for the playoffs? Well, I mean the Canucks aren't around, so it's it's tough slogging. I'll wait a little bit longer till uh, it gets easier to pick. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Non-committal. Yeah. Non-committal. I'm a non-committal Canucks fan for sure. There and, you uh, go. Are there other types of? <laughs> easy, easy. Hey, sorry, I'm just gonna stand over here. Or is that drumstick? I can thwack you with it. <laughs> Yay, sports! <laughs> I'm on board. So, uh, so, so, tell us a bit about uh, about your uh, hockey organization and uh, what you do. Sure, uh, we're called Canadian Blind Ice Hockey. And we take kids, youth, and adults, and we put them on the ice to play the nation's game. We do it across Canada in small communities and in big cities. We've been doing it uh, for about eight years now and uh, had some amazing successes uh, growing the sport. It has been around for 30, 35 years in Canada, but it, were, it was just independent teams. So there was an independent team in Montreal, independent team in Toronto, an independent team in Vancouver. <clears throat> Eight years ago, we got together and we started uh, making more of a formal um, organization. And it started out as Courage Canada, turned into Canadian Blind Ice Hockey. So, so how many teams are out there now? Mm. We probably have six in Canada, and right now I think there's six in the U.S. And who's the worst team? Hey, <laughs> well, that. that's a good question, <laughs> but I don't like to take favors here either. <laughs> so you're, you're not going to say who the best team is either? Well, I mean, I play for the Vancouver Cliffs, so I've got to say we are a very strong team. There you go. 
Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us a little bit of, of background on, on how, just for, for people who may not be familiar with, with blind hockey, and this might be a new concept to them, give us an idea of, uh, of, of how it's played and how it, say, differs from conventional hockey. Sure. <clears throat> the, so the adaptive part is the puck. It's approximately five inches wide, two inches tall. It's metal painted black, of course, and full of ball bearings. So that is the key adaptive change, and it rattles uh, as you shoot it, as it goes off the boards, and the enlarged surface area of the puck allows people with lower vision uh, to see it. All the rules are identical. The only addition we have made is after the blue line, you have to pass the puck. So the offense going into Mm. the goal has to pass it after they go into the blue line. And that just encourages uh, or discourages, I should say, someone going end to end and scoring. And that's how the the game plays identically to uh, sighted hockey. And the way we do it when we compete uh, and the future of what we're looking at is to break a team into a number of points. So an example, we'll just say uh, 15 points on a team. And we classify B3s with three points, B2s with two points, B1 with one point. And we look, we ask that anybody just divide up uh, those numbers and make 15. But typically, the goalie is totally blind. And to ensure that, we blindfold them. So they could have a little bit of vision. Uh, but we blindfold them just to ensure that everybody's on an equal playing field. Uh, the defense pair is typically a B2, so lower vision. We look at basically 5% to zero. And then a B3 would be between 5% and 10%. And uh, it flows extremely well. Like It's, it's a really fast-paced game uh, at our national tournament. And dope. Uh, <clears throat> For uh, for Ryan's educational purposes, how do you avoid uh, pancaking yourself into the uh, boards? Board. <laughs> well, that's how it happens sometimes. But once you pancake yourself a couple times, you become very aware of how far the boards are away from you. So it's uh, it's survival of the fittest. Uh, you need to figure. Well, it's just like life. You need to figure life out. So. Uh, You count. I mean, we actually have a totally, totally blind person. He plays defense or forward, uh, and he counts a stride, and he knows exactly where he is at all times. Like it's incredible. I mean, you must have really good spatial awareness. Oh yeah, it's it's wow. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah, uh, it's phenomenal. But it's just one of those things you have to get used to. The good thing about an ice rink is it's a closed environment, so you know how far the distances are left or right front to back. Uh, and as long as you kn- you can understand where you are on the ice, you can figure it out. Well, if I ever try it again, I'll just tether myself to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> well, the important part when you have full vision loss or very low vision is the communication. Yeah. I would say that is another important part. Mm. Uh, so myself, I have 2% of my vision. I can't see who's who. I can see him moving, but I can't tell who's who. So communicating when people are around you, uh, like the, the higher sighted B3s, uh, that's how they become advantageous and 
create a better experience for you and of course a better outcome for the whole game is that when they're around you they're going to say hey it's graham pass up on the left right. or hey you're on the right hand side of the boards passed around the back of the net uh so communication is an important part uh of the game uh what about i don't know, like i don't know what about penalties uh it, is it does it tend to be a high a high penalty board they, no not really, uh, because, I mean, if there are collisions, which there are, um, as long as they're not intentional, then it's just not intentional. Right. Um, but sometimes people who maybe not have a lot of hockey knowledge might, yeah, um, trip people, height sticking, like those types of uh, penalties. Certainly they would be called. Okay. But, you know, as long as you're not purposely doing it as i say it just plays like a sighted game but every so often there's some amazing crashes <laughs> so oh, uh, yeah. so say somebody is uh, taking liberties do you send your goon out after him no no it's it's non-contact it's uh it's super friendly uh but you know at times uh things get heated and certainly if you're uh you're playing at the national tournament um in the division that's super competitive yeah it, it can get pretty interesting out on the ice but as i say it's it's, it's non-contact uh, for the most part now in the in the past tournaments you know listening to it on our channel ami up here you guys have had different colored teams like a yellow team a black team um i think a red team is there significance to those different colors of teams <laughs> No, not really. We just use those colors. The only change on the ice is that we always have a darker team, so dark red or black, and a lighter team, a gold or a yellow. And so they all those are the colors we use. Um, and that's simply for the the visual reasons of we want to have that contrast as much as we can for those who can benefit from it. Right. But no, we just choose those those colors just to to name them some actually a couple times we named them after different provinces we've tried a variety of sure of different things so now what is what is the reaction bent to blind hockey because i it seemed to me as and i, I you know I, i'm not a, a big hockey person as, as the guys will tell you uh but um what's what's the reception been have are most people generally surprised that blind hockey is a thing yeah Oh yeah, absolutely. People are uh, are shocked. <laughs> Actually, they don't understand how it can be. Uh, but when they watch it or go on YouTube and they actually see how it works uh, and how it works smooth and seamless, uh, then they're just so inspired because they're just like, "Wow, I can't believe people with you know all types of vision." Um, play hockey and and all the way down to zero and and to see these goalies you know glove uh save a puck or have it go off the deflector or it, it's very inspiring and this year uh we've had some great success uh with the campaign hockey is for everyone so that's an nhl campaign right and so we were uh in st louis uh with the blues doing a session we were down with the avalanche uh, most recently, the Flames um, had us out, and uh, also in Montreal. And it's great because you get the alumni out, you get the actual players uh, that are playing right now out, and you get kids, 
uh, youth and adults who are blind out, and we have fun little scrimmages. We put on the um, visual simulator goggles, and then we have them shoot on the goalies. And yeah, I mean, like the players are just blown away, and it's kind of funny. I mean, they're NHL players, but you put the uh, vision sim goggles on it, and they can't, you know, they can't move the puck around. <laughs> so, so it, it's a pretty fun time. And then again, they just look at it and they go, I just can't believe you guys are out doing this. So it's, uh, it's just an amazing moment. And, uh, and it, it's an amazing experience because when you get a kid out there who thought they couldn't play hockey right. because of their vision, uh, and they kind of just sort of said to themselves, well, I guess I can't do that because, well, who does that? And then we show them that, of course, you could do that. I mean, they're just blown away. I mean, at our national tournament, there was this guy, Diego. He was 12 and um, reserved. Uh, his mom was uh, telling me in the stands, just, you know, how, well, when you lose your eyesight, you get reserved. It's 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 hard, right? It's, it's a pretty difficult process to go through. Um, and then he started playing hockey. And she just lit up like a Christmas tree because she's like, you wouldn't believe he's engaged. He's out there with his friends. He's doing more sports. Sure. And just playing hockey on a weekly basis. And he went from not skating at all in our 12-week program in Toronto to skating and then uh, playing in the tournament. And, uh, oh, yeah, his life, just his mom was so excited. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's an amazing, amazing, amazing time. So tell us a little bit about these programs and, and, and how often they, they run um, for, the, for the kids. Sure. So we just started one in Toronto last year. Uh, it was a 12-week program. And it was for kids and youth, and uh, we take any any type of uh, ability, any type of vision loss, and we get them out there with the coaches, and we just start working with them, just start training them. And if it's they haven't skated, well, then we just start with basic skating. Right. If they have skated, then we introduce um, some basic hockey skills. But at the end of the 12 weeks, uh, they're playing in a game. And then they came out to our national tournament, and we had a kids and youth division. And we had them playing uh, uh, on each other's side. So it was like five on five for the small ones and then five on five for the youth. And, oh, they just had such a good time. And, again, the great thing is they're having such a good time. But also what's happening is the parents are visioning such a bright future for their children. Mm -hmm. And so you can just see the stress melt off them when you talk to them. And they go, wow, you know, I just can't believe what this has done. So it's, it's fantastic. So that, that was our first big kids and youth program in Toronto and we'll be growing it uh, bigger next year. And then Montreal is going to uh, start one next year. And then in Vancouver, we're in the works to get one going too. So we have those kids and youth programs going. The other thing we do across the country is we have our regular games. So in Vancouver, we meet every Friday uh, out at Moody Park Arena. And again, anybody's welcome. Um, and we just start working with them. And over time, they just start uh, playing the game. But we do that across Canada. So in every city, uh, there's a blind hockey team, and they get together typically once a week, um, all levels, all ages. Uh, I mean, it depends. If they're too young, well, then we don't get them out there with um, the larger people. We'd work on them more one-on-one. But, yeah, usually it's a weekly thing. Um, across Canada for the, um, let's say that would be the youth and adult games. Yeah, I could see how this would be really incredibly valuable, especially for the youth, because, you know, it translates so well over in, into all other aspects of their life, because if it's like, 
you know, all of a sudden they, they realize that, wow, you know, I can play hockey. Like I can, I can do this. I'm not held back by my visual impairment. It's not ruling me. Um, you know, that's a really huge thing to realize, uh, you know, especially in your, you know, as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And at the end of the day, you want to do what your friends do. So if they're playing hockey and you're going on and playing hockey, you're sharing in that same experience. And that is so important as you grow with people that they, they probably don't have your visual impairment. Um, you go to a sighted school, but you can share in the same experience. And therefore, you're growing together as opposed to growing apart. So it, it's a vital part. And getting them at, at the youth stage is, is crucial because that's when they're highly influential. That's when all these different things um, have an impact. So to share the nation's game is a pretty special experience uh, for a young boy or girl. Now, it sounds like with all the uh, with the tournaments that you've mentioned and, and all the traveling around, uh, where, where do the funds come from to support all this? Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. Uh, we privately fundraise. So different teams do different things like pub nights, silent auctions. Uh, we have membership dues. We have tournament dues. Uh, we have two amazing sponsors, uh, one AMI, so Accessible Media. Uh, the other one, the CNIB, so they're our largest sponsors. Uh, and they really give us the foundational funds to keep this going. Our goal is to provide a more sustainable business model to this organization uh, because we're very appreciative of the fundraising uh, that goes on, but we need to make it a sustainable business model because we need to grow it larger and larger, and to do that, we need to count on money each year. Um, so that, that's what we're doing right now. Has Hockey Canada contributed anything? No. No. <clears throat> Unfortunately not. Uh, right now, uh, USA Hockey um, is the uh, governing body for disabled hockey in the States, and then blind hockey is a discipline under disabled hockey. So in the United States, to give you an example, in five years, uh, they've grown to six teams. In Canada, I mean, we've been playing this game, as I say, for 30 years, um, but in a more formal structure for we'll say eight to 10. And unfortunately there is no, mm. um, no influence from hockey Canada. And unfortunately in all disabled hockey in Canada, they, they talk about how they want to be um, supporting it. But unfortunately to date, uh, they haven't come to the table and, uh, and brought us all together. Hmm. That's no good. Well, yeah, it's a shame. Yep. Yeah, because because really, I mean, in terms of uh, disabled hockey too. I mean, because there are, there are uh, what's it called sledge hockey. Sledge hockey for amputees. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so there are other there are other types of, of hockey that. Uh, yeah, they need to step up and do it. I mean, sledge hockey uh, has grown um, exponentially. So they were kind of, um, uh, for lack of better words, I guess, forced into working with them. Um, but I hope that that extends to i mean there's deaf hockey there's special hockey there's blind hockey there's amputee i mean there's a lot of different uh disabilities uh that need hockey canada to step up and put a framework in place because we're all growing um 
is just yeah that framework's not in place as of yet um now is part of that because like and you know forgive my, my ignorance but it blind hockey is not a, a paralympic uh, sport at the moment right no no uh it, is there is there hopes that maybe it, it will be one day oh yeah absolutely that that's our goal that's that's the end game is to provide the sport from beginning to end so right. as i say someone just starting to competing in the paralympics uh, and all the way through that continuum. Uh, the goal or the outcome for that is we need to have at least eight nations playing the sport, and then we need to apply to the um, Paralympic Committee for okay. acceptance. So we only have two nations right now. Um, so that, that's a longer-term strategy. Our next goal is uh, four nations, and then we can play a, a four nations cup. Um, so that's, that's what we have our eyes on next. Yeah, it surprises me that, you know, some of the hockey powerhouses like Sweden, Norway, Germany don't have blind hockey leagues. I think it's kind of like us where people are probably playing, but they're just quietly doing it. Mm. Nobody knows of them, um, but they're probably little groups that have gotten together. Right. Um, but yeah, there, there's no formal um, teams. But as I say, that's our next goal we did have a gentleman come in from uh, england uh, nathan who was at our tournament in toronto and then came to chicago for the usa tournament and so he's gone back to england and he's going to put together a team there and then we do have a couple of people from finland coming out to our development camp in the summer uh, who are committed to growing the sport there so i think we're kind of on the sort of precipice here of having it really just unfold in front of us right. and we've done a great job in Canada and the States has taken off extremely well that I think we just will start to plug teams in and uh, yeah the future looks pretty bright uh, for developing this out across uh, across the world so soon we got to get Russia in there and do a summit series <laughs> That's, that would be it I, actually there's a, a series coming up we just uh, announced it uh, USA versus Canada uh, and that's going to take place in Pittsburgh next year. And so that's going to be a, an amazing step forward. So it'll be the first time blind hockey has ever been played between two countries. Nice. Well, here's a question for you. There's been, there's been talk in, in evolving the puck. How, how, what is the status of that? You know, they're talking about going to digital beeps or, you know, sticking with the bearings. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it's constantly um, moving forward and moving backwards, uh, just like a true puck does. Uh, because <laughs> what happens is uh, the digital puck, and we've had probably three or four versions now uh, developed, uh, they work very well, but as soon as you put them to the test of um, hitting the boards, uh, they just blow apart. Yeah, there's been some amazing prototypes. As I say, you get them out, you pass it back and forth. You're like, hey, man, this is a pretty good idea. And then you put them in a game environment, and yeah, three shots later, the thing's at 22 pieces. Wow. And $9,000 is scattered across the defensive end. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, one, one of our goals is to try and look to get a more um, – consistent sound out of the puck uh and that's particularly important for the the divisions of low vision um because the puck doesn't move as quickly and if it should stop the beeping allows someone to orientate themselves to the puck right um in, in the higher division 
uh, as I say, where it's the stream towards the Paralympics. I mean, the puck is always moving. So um, it's not so important there because of the levels of vision involved. But in the lower uh, divisions that we play where people B1, B2, yeah, digital puck would be extremely helpful. So when that uh, when that puck stops, the one with the ball bearings, it, basically you've got no sound. And what, yeah. what what do you do then? Well, you just well typically someone with more vision comes to get it, okay. right? But um, it is so rare that that happens. Uh, maybe more in a, in a in a game, um, like say a weekly game, if you you only had. Um, um, a variety of low vision people come out that week, then it would be a bit more of a challenge. But typically the puck is always moving and the, the B3s are, are moving it around and getting the puck. So it, um, it doesn't actually happen that often um, just because of the pace of the game. But if it does, well, you got to figure it out. I mean, that's, that's part of the process of just, orientating yourself to where it was, where it could have gone, and then getting it. Does the, uh, does the weight of the ball bearings influence the, uh, the puck? Uh, like, does it cause it to, you know, maybe shimmy a little? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like, like the size of the actual puck, and then like you say, the ball bearings, uh, sometimes it can sort of get on this, uh, yeah, weird wobbly, um, trajectory which makes it difficult then to stop with your stick and then shoot it back because mm -hmm. it kind of because of the size it can actually go over your stick if it's wobbling uh so you got to be careful uh for sure uh, about how it's coming at you and then of course how you're gonna uh respond to it but uh, that just makes more fun you know? <laughs> makes it more interesting how, how much bigger than a, a traditional puck is it uh, about two inches in width. Uh, I think a regular puck is three and a half. Yeah, don't quote me, but r roughly, let's say, an inch and a half to two inches wider. Right. Um, and then in height, a regular puck is probably an inch and a bit, so maybe a half an inch um, to three quarters of an inch taller. Okay. But w but when you put it up to a regular, it's substantial. Like we have a comparison of a regular puck to a uh, to our puck. It, it's definitely substantial. When I had gone out and, you know, got really close and intimate with the boards, yeah. um, I think one of the rules at that time anyway was the puck has to stay below the waist when you're, when you're, when it's in flight. Is that still true or? Well, it's certainly encouraged. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like you experienced, uh, you don't want to, I mean, unfortunately it does get up. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is if the puck hits the goalie in the face, you know, in the mask, <laughs> then we blow it down. Um, but, and we also, I, I actually, another adaptive part of the game I didn't mention is the nets are three feet high instead of four feet high. Okay. So again, to encourage the puck down, right. um, because again, once it's in the air, no one can see it or hear it. Right. Um, but it's in the it's in the air a lot when it comes to shooting on the net. Um, so yeah, it's encouraged to keep it down, but the natural course of the game causes it to so, get higher. So being a blind goalie and taking one in the face must be like getting hit by a freight train. I'm sure it's an interesting experience because yeah, <laughs> you I don't mean, know it's coming, you can't hear oh, it. <laughs> I mean, it, it. There's a lot of uh, yeah, there's a lot of inertia behind that thing when you uh, launch it. And so. it's metal, yeah. So 
Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sure it's just, a, it's like that cowbell being inside the <laughs> cowbell, but, but hitting yeah, it with really. a bat. <laughs> yeah. So now, so on, on that then, um, do you, is, is, do you wear more protective gear than, than regular hockey or pretty much just the standard, standard gear? Yeah. Standard gear. I mean, some of the, some of the sort of, I guess, uh, different things that could happen is that the puck, if it hits your ankle, in a mm. shot, um, oh boy, it's unpleasant. Ah. Um, like super unpleasant. Um, but typically everything's identical. Uh, we wear neck guards um, just for the safety reason um, of people don't know where their skates are going and sometimes you get tumbles. So, yep. um, but I mean, neck guards are, are common. Uh, we do full shield um, hockey. So we want a full shield on everybody. Um, because again, you can't see it and, um, and you don't want to take a stick or a puck to the face. Um, so yeah, th- those things are different, not different, but the, those things are all enforced. Right. Here's one. Do you guys have girls playing on, on the team? Oh yeah. Yeah. Boys and girls, uh, in Vancouver, we have, uh, one girl right now. Um, but oh yeah, no, boys and girls are, are all welcome. So, and um, I think you kind of explained this, but being you know, a hockey novice, uh, I probably didn't understand it correctly, but so... Touchdown! So, no, no. <laughs> but so, so specific positions um, are, are, are tailored to specific sight levels. Is that right? Like, so say a forward, forwards need to have a little bit more vision than say the defense or the goalies. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a fair statement. It also depends on the quality of your vision. So, you know, for your listeners or say for yourself, uh, if you have tunnel vision, so a classic RP type disease, uh, y- you have that ability to see better, but it's in such a narrow tunnel that you might be better at a different position than say if you have star guards where the central's gone, but peripherally you're able to move around the ice pretty freely. Um, And then we try and match that up with the actual just hockey ability. Uh, Because the key is we want you to have the most fulfilling experiences possible. So we're trying to match your eye disease with, um, with your ability. But let's say in generic terms, B3s are forwards, B2s are defense, B1s are goalie. Yeah. So so now historically, talk to us a little bit about what the challenge is uh, in, in terms of spreading the word about blind hockey have been. Like, has it been that just getting the word out has been the challenge or has it been because it is so, it, it seems so extreme to say people who are like, you know, I, I, I can, my son can't play hockey, he's blind. And like, do you find that you run up against those sort of uh, preconceptions? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, I mean, just like in life, right? It, it's the same thing. But when you get it into a sport and certainly a fast pace, one of the fastest pace sports, um, yeah, people say those exact things like vision teachers, um you know, grade level teachers, moms, dads, they're just like at, at first response is like, well, no, I don't think my son can do that. Or, you know, my daughter's not going to go out there and play ice hockey. Uh, that really is the biggest challenge. And then looking back when you're losing your eyesight, 
it's really not the first um, activity you choose is ice skating, right? It's not, right, it's not right. like, hey, let's throw you out in the middle of this rink and teach you ice skating. Uh, you'll probably naturally go to other types of uh, sporting disciplines. So then you put ice hockey on top of it. Uh, it really reduces the ability for blind kids and youth to be exposed. Right. Uh, so I, I would say that is our biggest obstacle. And what's great about that is it's an obstacle and, and is an obstacle, of course. But when they see it, uh, they're like, wow. And they're just so encouraged. But again, getting the word out so people realize, and, and I'm, I want to get the kids and the youth out uh, as early as they can, because when they get to it early, their ability to excel at it is just sure. so much more rapid than like myself. I started at 30. I mean, if you saw me skate out there, I mean, I look ridiculous. Uh, and it's because I didn't take formal skating lessons. So getting younger kids when you can actually te teach them, you know, formal skating lessons and then get them playing the, the game. I mean, it is just, it, it's incredible to watch them move. So, yeah, it's, it, it, those obstacles are, are pretty typical in everything, but ice hockey, it seems to be, uh, I guess, a, a higher level of obstacle for us. Right. Now, Mark, I, I recall that you, you lost your vision over time. Um, did you play hockey before? No, no, never did. So the, yeah, no, I've been hockey losing my was first for hockey. 41 years now. So, yeah. But yeah, never played. And, and I think, too, I think I fell into that same category. Um, back then, there was absolutely no blind ice hockey um for me to even think that that was possible um so i went towards uh skiing um but i would have loved to have had the opportunity to play ice hockey as a kid well i think that must be another big obstacle as well you know like i lost my sight in a car accident back when i was 23 and just outside of kamloops and at that point in time like you say you know th there wasn't blind hockey but how do you get the word out about sporting in general accessible sports because you know i didn't know of bc blind sports when i was in kamloops and i don't recall i think there was one event where they came out and did a tandem cycling demonstration but these these smaller communities don't have the same amenities or the same you know um i don't know i guess population or access to the events that the the major centers seem to have yeah, and that's really what it is, is that the numbers are so low in the blind community uh, that we have. You know, like BC Blind Sports, great organization. They, they get out where they can, but the numbers, the funding it is, I mean, it's just, it's nothing compared to the sighted world. Mm -hmm. So actually starting something and then sustaining it, yeah. and that's the most part, is yeah. sustaining a program uh, you know, has massive challenges. Um, because I mean, e even in Vancouver, we only have, uh, I think 18 blind people that come out and play hockey right now. I mean, it's huge. We draw from millions of people in the lower mainland. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the numbers are really small, um, in our, in, in blind sports. So, so how, how can we help get the word out about blind hockey? 
Well, through this podcast. I mean, <laughs> this is a great way. That's a great uh, idea. We should have you on the podcast. <laughs> you know what? Right, right. It's not a bad right. idea. Right. Uh, I wish I would have hit record. I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. Uh, also, when I mean, you're in the, the, the blind world, of course, and engaged in it closely. So anybody you're in contact with uh, that uses your services, uh, just letting them know uh, that those are options. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like, you know, we talk all the time about youth sports in particular and, and how important youth sports are, are to kids because uh, it teaches them so much. It teaches them about teamwork and it teaches them about, you know, self-esteem. And all that stuff is is doubly important, I would think, for, for say, you know, any, any sort of dis, you know, disabled community, um, visual impaired, for example. Um, visually impaired, you know, kids certainly... Uh, can benefit from from team sports and there there really sh needs to be um, more options for them to to choose from I mean well they're not taking they're not taking part in you know gym class in school in regular school right because the sports aren't adapted for them in the first place unless maybe it's running or track or something yeah so I mean it's really important for for there to be um, things that they can do extracurricularly that they can because it, it's got to be such an incredibly empowering thing for them to be able to go you know go to their friends and be like yeah I'm, I'm I play hockey as well and and it, you know it just it just teaches them that they're not uh, restricted to only doing certain things i mean that's the real message that we want to send to the next generation and we, we need to build up um some of these options for them mm -hmm. I, th I think the other Definitely. thing i think the other thing we need to do too is we need to really show the the uh, the the regular sighted world just how extreme some of these sports are you know, because you you watch a, a sledge hockey match, and, <laughs> and uh, or or you know, like like you said, you're you're flinging around a metal puck mm -hmm. that's uh, you know bigger and heavier, and it's gonna you know sooner or later impact one of your ankles. You know, you you guys aren't screwing around out there. You're you're doing some extreme sports. So. Oh yeah, when the, when the puck drops, it's 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 the game of hockey. It's it's not uh, yeah, we don't take it lightly. It's the game of hockey and. Uh, and we play it with the same vim and vigor and passion and dedication that uh, that anybody does when they play the sport. The other part of, and you've touched on a little, is the social aspect of being in the change room and just having that camaraderie and right. shared experience with other people that have your same challenges. And it can That's spill right. over in simple things like, hey, how did you do that on your iPhone? And for a blind person, boy, you could be frustrated for months and then someone beside yeah. you does some sort of flick and they go, oh, that's how you do it. And you're like, oh man, thanks. <laughs> or a simple, of, a simple thing about, you know, how do you use the transit app? Um, like, like there's so many things that when you share a common experience with someone who truly understands who you are, your life is so much more improved. I mean, you just start to glow and you radiate success. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see in this game is that you get the guys in the room and the girls in the room and they're just like, wow, I feel totally empowered. Yeah. As opposed to typical sort of story is losing your eyesight is very socially isolating. Yeah. I mean, it is brutally isolating. And so I want to do anything I can to show people that, yes, you do have a physical limitation. 
Those are the facts, but that's not the story that needs to be, um, that doesn't have to define your life. The story, your life is the story you tell yourself. And if you tell yourself that life is full of abundance, joy, empowerment, and success, that's what you have. And it doesn't matter if you're disabled or abled or whatever you want to call yourself. Uh, you need to share that experience with other people so they can improve your life. And I think we'll stop there. <laughs> Wait, why aren't there cheerleaders in hockey? That's what I want to. That's what I want to know. That's a that's a good point. I have no idea. <laughs> you wouldn't see them shaking their pom poms anyway. I don't yeah. think, they don't have to have pom poms. <laughs> I guess they, maybe they fall down a lot on skate. I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't, well, at the, at, the, at the games, they do have the, uh, the, the younger folks who come out with the, uh, with the, the brooms and squeegees to take the, uh, the ice uh, off, the, off the top. They do this little scrape thing between. Uh, really? The, oh, yeah. The they clean, yeah, they clean, off the, uh, clean off the ice between the uh, yeah, commercials. So, yeah, and let me tell you, some of the girls doing that are pretty cute. So. <laughs> I, see, I haven't been to a hockey game in a long yeah. time. So you guys have also had, I think, some camps with the Canucks alumni? Uh, we've had some games with the Canucks games. alumni. Yeah. yeah, we had one out in Abbotsford uh, three weeks ago for uh, CNIB 100. Did you win? Uh, celebration. Uh, and that was great. I mean, that, that, was, uh, that was super fun. We had, again, kids out there. We had people from the Eclipse and uh, some alumni. So that's... Uh, that's been great. That's actually only happened in the last two or three years that we've been able to make some headway there. Yeah, great. Yeah, the next step is to actually get to the Canucks. I mean, the alumni are a great organization, but we want to get to the uh, uh, to the players. Well, I think they, sh- they they're probably available now, aren't they? Aren't they, aren't they, done? Aren't they, aren't they kind of done for you'd, the year? You'd have to collect them up off all the uh, golf courses. <laughs> Mm. Well, today we might have an opportunity. That's right. Not yeah. Too good at yeah, indeed. It's not going to be a lot of them out on the course today. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Why, don't you, why you guys want to spend a few minutes and talk? I don't know. Hockey, hockey talk. Who's how? Who do you like in the? What is it? Playoff. We tried that in the non, beginning. He's being non-committal right now. Oh. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I mean, for me, again, it takes a lot for me to listen to hockey. So some other players on my team, they love it. They listen to it all day long, but. For me, until it gets closer and closer, for me to commit the time and get myself engaged, uh, yeah, I, I gotta wait till. Well, till we, we, well, we, let's, yeah. well, let's narrow it down then. Out of the what's there, two Canadian teams left: Winnipeg and Toronto. Yeah, Who's so it? I would go. I'd go Toronto because I mean they they've just sucked for so long <laughs> that I, I I would want them to uh, uh, to do something. But also, you know, Winnipeg. You know, as I say, you know, they've gone away for so long, and then they've come mm-hmm. back and. and develop their franchise again so i mean that would be pretty spectacular uh highly unlikely but i'd certainly root for yeah i i'm uh, i'm really uh hoping the golden knights do something in the playoffs because they're such a great story in the league this year mm-hmm. yeah exactly i mean exactly what, what a crazy what's, yeah team out there in the vegas what's their, it's their first it's their first year in the league they're, oh this they're is a las vegas team, team. yeah they're, they're, they're yeah. an expansion team okay and, and uh yeah, they ended up. Uh, what did they end up fourth overall in the league? I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for that, that's unheard of for an expansion team to make it to the playoffs to begin with. But uh, to be fourth in the league is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's outstanding. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, so what about you, Steve? What about me? I don't know. What who who out of the two Canadian teams? Who would you Toronto or Winnipeg? 
Well, you know, my my second favorite team in the league is always whoever's playing Toronto. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. so uh, you know, I'm having I'm having to kind of ease up on that a little bit because you know it's uh, we've only got so many Canadian teams in the playoffs. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I'd 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 love to see Winnipeg do something too. Mm. Uh-huh. When and when are they? When, when it's, so? How closer to the, to the playoffs are we? Wait, we're still first we're, round. We're in them in the first round. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Cool. Nobody's eliminated yet. Nope. So, how would yeah. people find out more about blind hockey? Uh, best way is just go to blindicehockey.com. Yeah, that's where everything's posted. Cool. And and you said you're 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 gonna be having programs uh, Vancouver coming up uh, Montreal is that right? Yeah, so we'll have the kids and youth uh, repeat itself in Toronto next year. Yep. And then Montreal, uh, we haven't got the exact commitment, like a full commitment, but we're about ninety percent there for a commitment to Montreal. And then Vancouver, uh, I'd say we're fifty percent there because. I mean, for the kids and youth, it requires getting uh, separate coaches and separate volunteers. So we're kind of 50% there. And that was actually part of the whole fundraising um, that we were raising uh, money for that. That's how you got to heard about me, Steve, I guess, through the Facebook post uh, is getting that money so we could build out those campaign well one we, we won't lose them because <laughs> if we didn't raise the money we'd probably lose them uh, but two we did so well that now uh, building it out uh, in Montreal and Vancouver are the next steps and how can people donate uh, blindicehockey.com yeah you just go there and there's a donate button and um, that's it or you can send a check in I mean if it's a big check and like we yeah. say anything over a thousand dollars send it to the address on the website because then there's no processing fees we'll just start uh, a GoFundMe page yeah well, I think <laughs> is it still I'm not sure if our site that fund page is still running because uh, I'll have to ask Matt about that but I'm pretty sure there's a, another page on that same site okay press donate now uh, now, now for people who's who may be in the states, uh, do you what's the is there a U.S. Uh, sort of sister organization to you guys down there, or can yeah. they find out information um, at the website on that as well? Yeah, they can contact us. Uh, that's the easiest way of going about it, and then we would direct them to uh, uh, USA Disabled Hockey. Uh, or if they're in a specific city, we could just direct them to the local cities. Right. Okay. Um, that have teams, but I mean, basically we started it. So by contacting us, we know everybody. So that's the easiest place to send an email is just saying, Hey, I'm interested in this for myself or my son or my daughter. And then we can uh, certainly support them and point them in the right direction. And you know, the more people who get involved, the the more, the the more visibility the the organization is going to have. And you know, the faster we can get to a point where this can be just a, a, a standard sporting option for the visually impaired youth. That's it. So, That's exactly it. So it's a, yeah, it's a great time right now because with the states uh, growing as quickly as it is, uh, I mean, they basically power all sport around the world. Right. So um, we've been superly encouraged to to see them grow and. Uh, and have the infrastructure. I mean, they, they just tapped into an amazing infrastructure. Right. Um, so their growth is just going to be, whoa, it's, it's fast right now. <laughs> it's just going to keep going. So uh, we're definitely encouraged. 
Okay, guys. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for putting us out there. Thanks and, so much uh, for joining us. Appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll touch base again uh, coming up and, and best of luck with, uh, with the programs. And we'll start right. uh, practicing our uh, play-by-play skills here. Yeah, that's absolutely, you guys should just work as a team play-by-play and we can get you out there. There you go. Okay, Kane. Thanks very much for your support. Thank Thanks you. so much, nice. Mark. Take care. Uh, there you go. Blind hockey, huh? Yeah. Now How about if, that? Now I have to get somebody on to talk about blind tennis and blind now, baseball and blind soccer. Uh, well, you know, honestly, like, you know, I give, I, you know me, I give sports a, a bit of a hard time. Uh, but... Uh, but honestly, like it, it is such an important part of, of um, socialization you know, and developments for, mm-hmm. for kids. It's so important to, to play a team sport and to, you know, like you said, be involved in, in that particular community. And, and it's so empowering. So, you know, the, the more that, that we, can, we can do to help raise awareness, uh, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a great this is a great organization and it's opening up doors that, you know, were were closed before, which is very cool. Um, you know, I, I hope these guys are connected with uh, you know, blind beginnings and, and can, I was gonna can say, pick off some of those kids and get them out as well. Get yeah, them I was gonna, young. I was gonna ask about that, but but uh if they if they had done any work with blind beginnings, but yeah, that would be a perfect pairing because you know they're they're constantly looking for for ways that just empower youth and and that's where we got to hit we got to hit the new generation we got to hit the youth and and you know send this message that you're not constrained by what other people may think you can or can't do yep so yay hockey today i'm a hockey fan yay. all right so enjoy it while it lasts <laughs> so once the mics are off i'm back to Boo hockey. Cur- curmudgeoning again. Yeah. Not cur- it's not curmudgeon. I just, lack of interest. Listen, I had I had too many hockey players give me face washes when I was a child. That's that's because you weren't a, fa- uh, a hockey player. You that's right. You should have actually played. And then, <laughs> then you would have been Are with them giving other people face oh, washes. Forget it. They have to eat. Uh, well, he, couldn't, he couldn't get away from it where he lived because, you know, they probably had their, their regular hockey teams, their rec teams. Yeah. But then they also had like two channels and CBC, all they play in the winter is hockey. Right? Oh, yeah. So absolutely. He couldn't I, get away from you're it. You're absolutely right. That hockey night in Canada. Every time you, your phone goes off for that hockey night in Canada theme, I have like flashbacks of being like, <laughs> like seven and like just trying to find something to watch on Saturday night and that's it. It was just stupid hockey or nothing. G.I. <laughs> Joe's, here I come. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Dun, Comic books. Dun, dun, dun. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't want to go outside and play. It was too cold. It was too cold. <laughs> no, I had a neighbor that played hockey. He had to get up at like four in the morning yep. on, on Saturday mornings to go play hockey. I was yep. like, screw that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, anything else to say about hockey? What, like, so, Ryan, uh, I mean, you spent some time playing blind hockey here in this league. No, did you not? I went out once. Okay, well, that's that's spending some time, <laughs> very yes. little time. Well, that's once. So what happened? Like, well, what was your experience My, like with it? Like, well, it's changed a lot since then. You know, I, I've spoken to Matt Morrow, who's kind of the director of, of blind hockey here in BC, and you know they've they've changed the way they do things. There's a lot more communication, a lot more structure than there was. Um, so my experience was, for me, it was difficult because I grew up playing hockey as a sighted kid. Uh huh. And after losing my sight, 
I assumed I could do everything I used to do when I had sight. You know, I thought I could still go to a batting cage and hit a ball. I figured I could still curl. I could still do all the same stuff. And reality, you know, slapped me in the face multiple times. And so getting on skates again was great, you know, because I have skated as a blind person with my dad and other people. Mm -hmm. And so that part of it was fine. But being in a great big open rink Mm -hmm. and having such an open airiness to the sound of the, the place, for me, I didn't know where I was. You know, if they, they say to try to stay, you know, within, I don't know, 10, 15 feet of the goalie and communicate back and forth with the goalie. And that's fine. But, you know, in order to you know get my stride and just kind of figure out where I was, as soon as I turn around, I'm lost again, right? Because I had no point of reference. Yeah. I'm just on a blank sheet of ice. So for me, it was kind of disorientating. And if I would have stuck with it and then gone repeatedly, I would probably, like Mark said, gotten used to it, gotten familiar with, you know, the distance between the boards, um, learn to communicate. So it would have been a better experience. But like I said, I only went out the one time. Well, you should go so, out again. You should. I'm old. Oh, that's true. I'm that's old. True. I'll break. Fall, fall and break a hip or that's something. Right. That's true. I forgot we're old. It's but right. no, but, I, but that is probably why do you think that they try to put blind goalies in? Yes. So that, you know, because then if you, have, if you have no sight at all, you're not skating around. And you can use your stick and bang each each post, you know, so you know you're still between the posts. Right. You know, you still come out a little bit, you know, when you hear the puck coming. But, yeah, the, the goalies are blind for that purpose. You're not, right. And not to mention it, then that way it, it's completely even across the board, mm-hmm. right? Like, so yeah. if all the teams have their goalies that are either blindfolded or totally blind, then it's, it's sort of an even. Yeah. But it's definitely something I... I you know, direct people to go out and try. You know, there's so I, many opportunities now, whether it's, you know, just speaking blindness, whether it's blind tennis or blind hockey or tandem cycling or skiing, there's so many opportunities now. There's no reason to stay in your house. No, absolutely not. And there's no reason to think that, you know, to, to be afraid of just trying something new and, and yeah. trying something that people tell you you can't do. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, go out and give it a try. But yeah, sure. you know, you might find something you love doing, right? You know, yeah. whether it's like I said, skiing or tandem cycling or whatever. Yeah, it and you it's know. you know it, it's now more than ever. Um, you know, I I really feel the need that we need to start pushing forward these things because it, you know just for the youth because uh, it is such an important growing tool. Well, and it's interesting that Mark said. What did he say? They had thirteen or eighteen people come out on their team now. Yep. You know, and that, like he says, that is such a small population. You, you think of the CNIBs, the CCBs, the AEBCs, the Blind Beginnings, all these different I, agencies. You know, there should be more kids participating in, in sport. Well, they're sure. Know. And, you know, and going back to Blind Beginnings, this is why that organization is so important. is because mm-hmm. it's teaching young people to not feel constrained, yeah. to, to do whatever. And this is a perfect perfect example of it because another option yeah get your kids out and participate yeah participation yes. yeah that's right okay uh so anything else to say about that no that's no. good that was a really good idea steve i'm glad you came up with uh with that one i had a good idea yay, yay. that's it for another year yeah <laughs> i'm gonna mark that one on the calendar so i can celebrate its anniversary <laughs> the hamster can go back to sleep now yay uh hey ryan rob where can people find us? 
They can find us at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, hey, Steve. Yes. How you doing? I'm just fine. I, I'm, I'm, I want to have a nap. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we had a, we had a day. <laughs> yeah. We got exercise. We got soaked. I know if I go home right now, there will be a bulldog sitting on the bed waiting to be cuddled. Aww. <laughs> well, we better get so out of I, here. I want to I go home, snuggle with my bulldog, and have a nap. All right. Well, then tell the fine people where they can find Canadian Assistive Technology, and, and you can go do that. Okay. Well, you can find Canadian Assistive Technology in Canada, obviously. Uh, our website is www.canastech.com, C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. And if you have anything that needs fixing, a you know, assistive technology-wise, not like your cat, uh, you can get that done at uh, Chaos Technical Services, our buddy Rick, and he is at chaostechnicalservices.com. Oh, you know what? Let's real briefly, let's talk about our anniversary show and what we're going to do for that, Ryan. What are we going to do for that? We are going to do a Twitter chat. We're going to do a live Twitter chat. So that means we need our audience to participate That's in right. our Twitter chat with us. Yep. Or it's just going to be three of us chatting with each other. Yeah, and it may end up being that. <laughs> so <laughs> audience, bad thing. Jump, jump forward. Join us. Yeah, so in the, coming, in the next uh, week or so, we'll have all the information uh, as to the time and uh, how to... Uh, how to engage us. You can ask us questions in real time that we'll answer. You can insult us in real time. Uh, anything, whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll, we're dancing monkeys for you for an hour. And, and we'll probably have shots. Yes, and, and there will be alcohol as well. So we will get be, less and less constrained as time goes on. It'll be, it'll be quite the The filters thing, will come off. Yeah. It'll be quite the thing to behold. If you really want to get Train to know the three of us, time. join us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we look for information. We'll have more information about that coming up, but we're excited about that. The big 100th episode whoop, whoop. seems like just yesterday we were talking about doing this around and, a lunch table and in two years, Ryan was like, this will never work. Yep. You, you can, we're going to do two and then never Where are we do another guess. one. Who's nobody's going to join us. Why do we need a podcast, Rob? Exactly. So look at how far we've come. How about that? Who thought that we'd be sitting in Ryan's basement? I still don't know how far we've come, but we're still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We've actually, we started above ground and now we're below ground, so I don't know if we're making progress or not. In two years, we'll be doing our podcast from hell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just might if Trump meets with North Korea. Anyways. Anyways, uh, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks so much for listening in. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778 
847-684-8476840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.